Welcome back to Randomly Generated Conversations with a continuation of The Cellar. Last time on The Cellar, Gary inherited the mansion from his parents, not knowing what to expect there. The path took him into Magical Apple's uh, office with a hidden basement in the cellar, uh, octopus butler, and a puzzle with a missing piece. As we join Gary, he's walking into the kitchen. On the table there, he sees a puzzle. Almost completely done, but it is missing one piece. Gary pulls the piece out of his pocket, the one that was left to him by his parents, and he places it on the puzzle and realizes it doesn't fit. He's like... I need to find this piece. I need to figure out where this one goes to. So he opens, he he goes through the kitchen. He's thinking, okay, there's got to be a phone here in the kitchen. So he's looking around and there's nothing. There's not even a connection for a phone. He realizes that, you know, in the age of cell phones, a lot of people don't have home phones anymore. So he's like, okay, well, I'll wait for the men are coming in the morning. I might as well see if there's any food in the fridge. He opens the fridge. The fridge is empty. Opens the freezer. The freezer is empty. Opens the cupboards. There's nothing in there. He's like, okay, well, that's kind of weird. There was the apple on in the office. But there's no food here in the kitchen. No, I'll go back to the office and, you know, have a couple more bites of the apple. So he walks over there, goes back upstairs to where the office is. And there's no apple on the table. The apple's gone. Where the apple was located, he just sees this arrow. Dark, black as obsidian. There's, um, it kind of has like this, this gleam that it's so dark. He picks up the arrow, but it's heavy. Heavier than any arrow he has ever touched before, which aren't many. I mean, he grew up in an orphanage. He didn't learn a lot about archery. But... This arrow was heavy. He picks up, he's like, what is going on here? So he's like, okay, there's only one person here or one individual here that could answer my questions. I need to go talk to Greg. So he opens the bookcase again, goes down to the cellar, He's like, hey, Greg, we need to talk. He hears the sound <coughs> as the octopus comes close again. And Greg responds, I thought you wanted nothing to do with me. And Gary's like, I'm just confused. Greg is like, well, that, that makes sense. 
and Gary's like, hey, I have a question. What is going on here? There was an apple upstairs, and now there's a, a arrow. The apple, it was magical. It would replenish itself after every bite. And Greg's like, that makes sense. Your parents, they were, they were scientists. They were archaeologists. They studied the, the sciences of ancient civilizations and the magic that they would use. And Gary's like, whoa, 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 wait, wait, wait. Magic doesn't exist, for one. And Greg's like, uh, you're talking to an octopus. And Gary's like, okay, yeah, I guess that's true, right? Um, but he's like, okay, so what does this mean, though? What is the... What is the apple? What is this arrow? And Greg said, well, I've never seen that arrow before. The apple? Well, that was the apple from the Garden of Eden, from Adam and Eve. And Gary's like, uh, no. Yeah, that, that's, that's impossible. And Greg's like, Greg said to him, Nothing is impossible in this world. If you look at your parents' research, if you continue it on, you will find there's nothing possible. And Gary responded, I don't want to continue their research. Their research took them away from me. I was abandoned. And Greg said, no, that was to protect you. Gary's like, protect me from what? Because I, Greg responded, we, we should probably sit down for this. So Gary sat down on the stairs. And Greg started to explain how, as Gary's parents would go searching for these ancient artifacts of of ancient times, such as the apple of Adam and Eve, the beetle that he holds that was from one of the ancient pharaohs, that they made enemies. And there were others who wanted to steal their research, wanted to become wealthy off of these things that they found. And so in order to protect him, they sent him to an orphanage. And Gary's like, well, that's not very protecting. I mean, I wasn't bullied, but I didn't get along with people. I was left alone. Who's, who's to say I wouldn't have been adopted and put into the hands of one of these people trying to get back at my parents? And Greg explained that the lady in charge of the orphanage, she knew and she made sure that nobody would adopt him. 
so that that wouldn't happen. Her job was to keep him safe there until the time came that his parents felt it was okay for him to to come back and live with them. And they were planning to when he turned 18 years old. But their plane went down. It didn't just go down. The plane was sabotaged. Gary started to feel a, a tear coming out of his eyes, but you know he was always a tough kid, always hated crying. So he stopped himself. He's like, well, where were they going when that happened? He's like, well, Greg started to explain that they were heading to this, this island, which was known as the island of the, the dinosaurs. It broke apart in the separation of Pangaea. And dinosaurs were rumored to have lived there many years after they were extinct on the other continents. And some believe they still lived there to this day. Gary's like, well, can't they check via satellite? Or um, hasn't anybody tried to go there before? And Greg responded that satellites didn't show anything of that island. It didn't even show an island existing, yet people would see it when they would be going past on a boat or on a plane. But anytime they would get close, the island would disappear. But Gary's parents believed they had found a way that they could keep the island from disappearing and that they could make it there. And Gary's like, yeah, this... This seems like all just a bunch of, um, you know, fantasy story. And Greg convinced him, hey, let's just sleep on it tonight. I have a feeling you'll come around in the morning. Gary, by that time, was feeling quite tired. So he went upstairs and on his way to, to find a room to sleep in, he picked up the arrow. And he carried it with him. He found a room with a large bed. And beside the bed, he could see a picture of a man and a lady. And there was a child with them. A teen child. He's like, okay, well, I thought this might be my parents' bedroom, but that doesn't make sense. He looked at the picture and it was what was probably his mom and his dad and him in that picture. Now, Gary was a little scared. He doesn't remember ever taking a picture with them. He had never seen these people in his life. Yet somehow he knew it was his mom and his dad. He's like, I just need to sleep. I'm tired. My mind's playing tricks on me. 
As far as I know, I'll wake up and I'll be back in the orphanage and none of this really happened. So he sets down the arrow on the nightstand by the bed. And the arrow turns, pointing the same direction it was pointing when it was in the office. He didn't realize that. He didn't realize it was pointing a specific direction until he laid it down. So he picked up the arrow again, feeling its weight, and turned it and laid it down, and it moved again to point in that direction. So Gary was like, okay, this is, this is really odd, but I know what I have to do. He opened the drawer to the nightstand and there was a phone. He reached in his pocket, grabbed out the phone number. He dialed in on the phone and he received a answer on the other end. Hello, how may we help you? He said, hi, this is Gary. I need you to prepare a boat for me. To be continued. Join us again in the future for the continuation of The Cellar.